Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of the Sportster Show. My name is Jim Parsons, I'm here with com. Today's show is all about the fallout for AEW. Everything that's happened since All Out, the media scrum, Dynamite, what's going on with CM Punk, what's happening with the Elite, what's happening with the World Title Tournament, the Trios Championships, Tony Khan, the fans' reaction to him, everything that's coming out of this. It's quite a story uh, when it comes to AEW. And where this goes, we're not really sure, but we're going to be talking about that today. Norman Quarantine from the Sportster, myself, Jim Parsons, are going to be on to just chat a little bit about AEW, what it all means, where do they go from here, how do they solve this problem, can they solve this problem, is it too late to solve this problem, should they bring CM Punk back, how long is he out? We're going to talk all of that on today's show. We hope that you enjoy. Don't forget, uh, listen, download, subscribe. Give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Uh, we've got some old ratings on there from what the show used to be, and we'd love it if you guys would go take a minute, download on the Apple Podcasts, and then uh, give us a rating. So enjoy this episode all about AEW, what's happening with CM Punk, what's happening with the world title, and who should be the guys with that company moving forward. Enjoy. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Sportster Show brought to you by thesportster.com. My name is Jim Parsons. On the other end is Norman Quarantine. Norman, how are you? Hey, man, I'm good. Well, good. But we've got, what, three shows here in like a week, which is more than we ever normally do. But we've had to do them and we should be doing it. And we're excited to do them because there's been so much that has gone down in AEW over the last week that we needed to kind of keep everybody up to speed on what's happening. I'm sure people have been paying attention to it, and we have a lot of discussion to talk about when it comes to what happened in AEW, what's happening in AEW, and what should potentially happen in AEW. So I think that's what today's show is going to be all about. So let's kind of give people a brief rundown of what we learned on Wednesday's Dynamite. So history, before I let you go with what's going on with the tournament, CM Punk, 
wins the AEW Championship against John Moxley at Sunday's All Out pay per view. Following the pay per view, he sits down for a media scrum and kind of loses his mind. He goes into a big rant about Cole Cabana. He goes into a big rant about Hangman Adam Page. He goes into this huge thing about the EVPs, even though he doesn't drop any names during the media scrum. Tony Khan is sitting there looking at him like, what in the hell is going on right now? Punk is beaten up. He's breathing heavy. He's eating baked goods. He's doing all these great. Something's off with CM Punk. We don't know why he's triggered. We don't know what's going on. Then we learn he goes backstage and he has an altercation with the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, uh, Brandon Cutler's involved in this. Uh, Pat Buck is involved in this. A Steel is involved in this. We've then found out a bunch of suspensions are coming and AEW Dynamite is going to be very, very interesting. All right, so now why don't you take over? What have we learned from AEW when it comes to respect from both CM Punk and the world title situation? Uh, yeah, so I guess Dynamite opened with... Oh, I don't guess, I know, because I watched it. Dynamite kind of opened with a, a pre-taped video of Tony Khan uh, announcing that the AEW trios championship had been vacated. So the elite Kenny Omega and the young bucks are no longer the AEW trios champions. So the first ever AEW trios championship reign lasted for, you know, two days or something, three days. Um, He also announced that the, that CM Punk had been stripped of the AEW championship and that a tournament to to determine a new AEW champion, not interim, just a regular AEW champion, uh, is going to be held over the next coming weeks with the final match taking place at uh, Dynamite Grand Slam at Arthur Ashe Stadium. Um, so, yeah, that's what's going down. The Yeah, that's it. <laughs> okay. So I have so many things to ask you coming out of this and what your, mm. what your thought is on what's going on here. First, um, the fact that CM Punk has now had two title reigns lasting less than six days total. Mm-hmm. What is going on there? Like, we have to look at his run in AEW at this point and go, total disaster, no? I would say... I wouldn't say total disaster because I think I think he had some good matches in there. I think he had a bit of momentum at one point. I, I liked the few, I liked the MJF feud, but yeah, in terms of, but yeah, I mean, in terms of like championship glory, it's not looking good. Um, oh, and another thing real quick, just to sort of go back to dynamite. I've got to mention the, the fact that Tony Khan was just on a pre, he was in a pre-taped video. He didn't come out to the ring and get on the mic and address the audience like in person, which would have probably been a better decision in my opinion. And also he never, he didn't mention anyone by name and he didn't actually address the issue. He didn't say CM Punk's name. He didn't say Kenny Omega's name. He didn't say the young, any of the young bucks names. He, and he didn't actually mention what happened. He just said, you know, these titles have been stripped. Um, but yeah, back to what you were saying about punk. Um, yeah. I mean, it's not good. It's not good. And, and I mean, it's kind of weird because right. He's, he's injured. So he, he's, we, we think he's going to, it looks like he's uh, torn his triceps. This is, multiple reports suggesting that's what happened and he's going to be out for at least eight months um you know that's it's weird because he would have been would would they have stripped him if he hadn't got injured would he have still been stripped of the title probably um but he is injured so it's kind of weird that that a suspension that he's been suspended because you know is there going to be an extension added to the suspension when he's when he's ready to come back or is it time served you know Okay, yeah. So let's let's focus on CM Punk. Like, I, I want to talk about the Tony Khan comments and the reaction from the fans and stuff like that. And we'll, we'll get there. But like, let's talk. 
specifically about CM Punk first. I mean, you, you're calling it not a total disaster. I agree. He's had some decent matches. Mm-hmm. I would call it a total disaster. Mm-hmm. I understand that he coming into AEW was a huge boost for the company. It drew in some early revenue. His merch sales were through the roof. Uh, there was ratings that came. But this guy has shown in so many ways that he is not a person that you can put the be the carry the guy that carries the flag for you. Um, he doesn't look good. He his matches, while okay to me in some cases, have not looked great. Mm-hmm. Um, he says everything you shouldn't say as a guy who's carrying that torch for your company. He can't hold on to the title to save his life, and I would not put him back in that locker room. I think that there's a million problems there. And I believe that there's a lot of alliances, more people than not who have said, we don't want him here. Like this is not the guy. And Mm -hmm. what are you doing? So my question for you would be, would you bring him back? Like he's got this injury. I'm not a hundred percent sold that this injury is legitimate as people are making it out to be. I Mm -hmm. think it's probably real, but I also believe that this is a cop out an easy excuse a really convenient way for AEW to say, we're not going to do this right now. We're not going to talk about Punk's behavior. We're not going to talk about this melee thing. We're just going to say he's injured. We're going to push this down the road, kick that can down the street until we have to deal with this. Eight months off for CM Punk is a good way to just move this out of the limelight. Mm. Would you bring him back? And how seriously do you believe this injury actually is compared to what they're saying it is? Yeah, I mean, it looks it looked it, it looked legit. Like it looked like he actually did hurt himself in the match, and you know he's not getting any younger, so I wouldn't be surprised. You know, it's like things that to to a, a much younger man may have may not have been so serious are probably a little bit the recovery time's a little bit longer for someone like CM Punk. Um, but yeah, I mean, to, in, regarding bringing him back, I mean, I think you know, there are certain conditions under which I think it might be viable to bring him back. Like if they can actually get everyone to clear the air and they can figure out a way to like make money out of this somehow, then yeah, then sure. Bring him back. But then we know that CM Punk holds a grudge. Um, He doesn't forgive and forget. He's, he kind of, I, I do feel like once you're on his bad side, you're on his bad side forever for the most part. Um, so it's going to be difficult for them to work things out. Whether is he even going to want to come back after this? You know, that's another question. He hasn't issued a statement. He hasn't said anything yet. I think maybe he's taking some time to just kind of ruminate on everything. Um, Cause you know, the whole thing is a massive, it's a massive cluster F, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's a disaster. It is yeah. absolutely not what AEW needed for me personally, I wouldn't go near that dude with a 10 foot pool. Mm. I would immediately release him. I would say, good luck. Right. I don't think WWE is going to hire him. I think they have no desire to bring him back mm. despite mm. what people are joking that triple H would love to. I don't think they have any interest in bringing him back. And I think his run in AEW has only cemented the fact from your, if you're looking at this from a WWE perspective, don't go near this dude. Mm. Right. Mm-hmm. He's too much trouble. And this is one of the biggest hypocrites in the industry. You know, Mm -hmm. he talks when Sasha Banks and Naomi walk out of WWE, CM Punk goes on record and says, support your fellow wrestler, even if you don't necessarily like them or agree with them. I'm paraphrasing. Uh, That tweet has now come back up and resurfaced. He's done multiple promos about how he wants to work with the young generation in AEW. And then he sits there at the media scrum 
and said he's working with a bunch of children and pricks and idiots, then Tony Khan's responsible for him having to do so, right? Like this is a guy who cannot help but stick his own foot in his mouth. And he does it repeatedly. He's done it in WWE. He's done it in AEW. He's done it on every platform that he's given. He always, I don't know if he does it on purpose, but that's not what you need if you're AEW. I believe, and we said it last week, side with Hangman Page, side with the Young Bucks, sign with the, side with the Elite, sign with everybody else because Punk is on an island. He's got maybe Ace Steel and a couple other people, but that's it. So Punk is a man of his own doing what he wants, and it seems like nobody really likes him all that much so i would not bring him back i would say you know what thanks we appreciate the bump it was a experience that we've all learned from we don't need you Mm, yeah i think i'm way i'm probably in the minority no um i don't know about that it seems like a lot of people i i just think it's that's i just feel like like i totally get that side of things and that and you know ultimately that if it was if it was that simple then you know that would probably be for example if let's say punk's contract was expiring tomorrow then i think you know that's an easy that makes that decision way easier right you're just not going to renew his contract but i don't know how much longer he has left on his contract do you no and i don't know if it's guaranteed either right Right, yeah if it's one of those situations because you can release a dude from his contract Mm -hmm. and you just go your separate ways we're not paying you no more go do what you want sign where you want Mm -hmm. all good uh, but if it's guaranteed, you know, and you release him and he still gets paid, that's a whole different ball game. I understand that because they probably paid him a lot of money to come. Um, but I don't know. So yes, if it's not guaranteed and it's an easy, you know, let's sever the ties here. I would. Yeah. I also understand that if you owe this dude $10 million, um, I don't have any evidence to say that that's how much they're paying him but right yeah if that's what you owe him i can understand why you don't necessarily just walk away from that you work it out and you try to see if you can make some money off of what's left to have to pay him right, right. so yeah, yeah i don't really know yeah and i mean like we said the whole thing was a massive mess and we still don't really know the full details right we've got sort of conflicting reports from from um well we haven't actually had i don't think we've had like a steel and cm punk side of the story yet but i don't have- think anybody's officially commented have they well, no, there's been no official statements, but it seems pretty clear that, you know, like some reporters are, are getting information from from like the Young Bucks camp, for example. That's kind of what that's the vibe. That's just speculation. I've got no actual sort of evidence to back that out, but that's just me sort of flagrantly and maybe irresponsibly speculating. Um, but, you know, this is uh, the situation here, Michael Nakazawa and Christopher Daniels were suspended too. And so that's how, you know, how crazy it was. <laughs> yeah. It's the most random of people that are involved mm. in this thing. Right. Like right. Brandon Cutler, you sort of get, cause he's with the elite, but like Pat Buck is one of the producers. Now he used to be a producer in WWE. He was in there. He's been mm-hmm. suspended from what we understand. Mm. Um, yeah. There's a lot of people and names being included in here that shouldn't probably be out there in general right. public knowledge. So yep. somebody's sharing that, right? And if you believe Punk, it's the Young Bucks. And Daniels is the head of talent relations at AEW. So that's so my own. I can only the only thing I can think is that maybe people like Buck and Daniels were just in the area and were trying to break the fight up, and and it was just kind of like a blanket ban on anyone who was involved in that brawl just until they fig- just until like they can conclude some sort of investigation or something. Um, but yeah, it's definitely a wild, wild situation. Okay, that's a good transition into what I want to talk about next, which is Tony Khan. So you talked about the fact that he delivered a pre-recorded promo. He's reading off a prompter. It was very clear that he was doing that. 
And then for people who don't know, when AEW Dynamite finished, excuse my voice is a little hoarser, and then they moved into Rampage, which they taped right after Dynamite, Tony Khan comes out to the crowd, he talks to them, and they heavily boo him. They mm. they are not supportive of him. Uh, they don't necessarily, from what I can tell, like how he's handled this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mentioned on the last show, I think he's become somewhat of a mark of all these guys and a child, and he's not necessarily the guy that should be representing AEW the way that he has been. He's been dropping f bombs. He's not taking this, you know what, from WWE. He's yeah, you know, acting as though he's he's like nothing wrong with emotion, but he's hugging these guys during these media scrums as though like, please be my best friend. Mm-hmm. Right. It's just an image that looks very strange. And when CM Punk comes out and does that now, I don't know how I would necessarily handle it, but my reaction immediately if CM Punk gets into a tirade about stuff like that, I'm probably telling guys media scrum is over for a minute. I need to take Punk backstage. We'll talk and we'll come back out if we have the opportunity. I'm cutting it off. I'm immediately saying we're not having this until I have a chance to talk to Punk and see what's on his brain because he cannot be stalking like this. Mm-hmm. He didn't do any of those things. He just no. let him go. All right. Mm-hmm. I get it's awkward. I get it's uncomfortable, but it's starting to become very clear that the AW fans are going, what is Tony Khan doing? Mm. Right. There's a lot of problems backstage. The inmates are running the asylum. He doesn't seem to be doing anything about it. He's suspending some people, but maybe he doesn't necessarily have the balls to really go all the way in and let somebody go. Um, I don't know. What is your reaction to the way that Tony Khan seems to be handling all of these problems in AEW? Yeah, I think what you you said about the crowd reacting negatively, certainly I would I would imagine that that was because he ha- he has been kind of sitting on the fence a little bit. And then I think maybe the fans were expecting him to sort of come right out the gate and sort of face everything head on and address everything and be more transparent about what's been going on. Um, and yeah, I do feel like he could have definitely handled things uh, m- way differently. Um he maybe yeah i don't know maybe he doesn't need to be putting himself out there as much as he does um and these press conferences i i think we've got you know for you know us personally have found them very informative and useful and you know we've got a lot of sort of work out of them but you know just from a business standpoint from his point of view i don't know what i really don't know what they what they have what they gain from it right i don't i don't really know especially because they're not scripted they're not kayfabe press conferences they're like shoot press conferences after a scripted tv show essentially it's a scripted pay-per-view so i don't know maybe there's something theory why they do them like Mm -hmm. you look at ufc media scrums and the weigh-ins and stuff like those are huge draws you look at all sports teams uh, most of them, after they have a game or prior to it, they do media scrums and mm-hmm. the players talk about the wins and the losses, and you get a lot of really good meaty stuff out of that. WWE doesn't really do them. So if you're right. AEW and you're trying to present this you know, sports realism, the charts matter, the wins, losses matter, all that stuff that you're trying to come across and present, I see why you would do them. But at the same time, if you're going to let everybody talk however they want about whatever subject just pops into their brain, they're dangerous. Mm, right. Yeah. And they they really run the risk of, of someone saying something that management should be like, whoa, hold your horses. We cannot be talking about that right now. You know, and this has happened repeatedly. This has yeah. happened more and more on every scrum. And I don't know if it's going to get worse. I mean, it's probably going to get better now. If you watch Dynamite on Wednesday, they almost cut out any of the bad language. They really took a step back and they were like, whoa, we got to like rein it in here a little bit. Um, 
I would assume that there's going to be a serious mandate on these scrums going forward, but does it loosen up over time again? Right. Like Mm -hmm. here, I guess here's one of my questions. We've, when we've seen major controversies, Steve Watson walking out of WWE, um, who was it? Sabu that did it in ECW. These guys come out, Paul Heyman, Vince McMahon. And the first thing they do is they immediately address the crowd. And they're like, this is my company. These guys have screwed you. They've screwed me. They've screwed everybody. And they, whether you want to call that throwing the, the talent under the bus or not, they've taken control of the situation and changed the narrative and said, okay, this is what happened. And this is how we're dealing with it. And people are booing CM Punk. People are not supporting him. Even in Chicago, there was just as much a pop for Moxley and others as there was for CM Punk. People have turned on Punk. And Mm -hmm. Tony Khan could have had this opportunity and said, this is not what we tolerate here. This is not Mm -hmm. what happened. Uh, We don't allow it, blah, blah, blah. He didn't do that. And Mm -hmm. so he comes across as a guy who maybe can't handle these big situations. Whereas if you got Paul, Paul Heyman and really tough big dudes in ECW or Vince McMahon with massive personalities in WWE, they don't take any guff from anybody. Mm-hmm. And Tony Khan does not appear to be a guy that can do that. So yeah. Is that concerning? Um, I mean, it certainly seems to be based on what's been going on. He does need to um, sort stuff out and yeah, definitely needs to be some, some more i feel like there's there was a lot made of the fact that you know the wrestlers have you know a lot of freedom and it's and you know they they have a lot of creative freedom and they do this this and that backstage and they that you know that the, the company isn't being run ruled with an iron fist where every single decision has to be run by someone and they're not being micromanaged to an extent but you know there is something to be said for having some sort of uh decorum backstage and and you know, maybe bringing someone in who can, or, or bringing in some personalities and leaders who can make sure that stuff like that doesn't happen. And I guess like, well, you know, when you bring in an ego like CM Punk, maybe you're expecting that and then, but you get the opposite. So, yeah. All right. So that leads me to an interesting question because I will say on the positive side of what I did see on Wednesday, it appears that Tony Khan, and I don't know if this happened, but he probably had a conversation with guys like Brian Danielson, John Moxley, Chris Jericho and said, dudes, we need you here. Like this has gotten out of hand. We need some veteran leaders who have respect in our locker room, who have respect in the industry, who the fans look up to, to step forward and help us out. And all three did that on Wednesday, especially John Moxley. I am, I'm a kind of hit and miss with John Moxley at times, but Mm. that may be the best promo I've seen him ever give. Um, Mm. That was unbelievably well-timed. It was the choice of words, the cadence, everything that he did was super smart. Uh, He comes out and he basically puts the onus back on the title, the company, why it matters, what the fans should still love about AEW. Um, That was the right time, the right guy, the right situation to, to have him come out next after the announcement and basically say, this is what we need to be doing here. This is why I love it so much. This is why you should love it so much. What did you take? What was your reaction from the John Moxley promo? Yeah, it was fantastic. And like he said, he was supposed to be on vacation. So it seems like he was supposed to sort of lose the title all out and then maybe take a few weeks off. But, uh, you know, TK came a call in and said that he was, he was uh, needed back at, back at the office. Um, I mean, I love Moxley and I think Moxley sort of has carried the company over the last few weeks in a very sort of, becoming way that's really really befitting and and has made 
certainly added some sort of dignity and prestige to to the title and the company the way he sort of carried himself over the last few few months weeks and months um i would i it makes you wish that they hadn't that he, they that he had gone over on that all out you know um because that would have made things a little bit easier i do think he should probably win the tournament and we can sort of just reset and then and go from there um but yeah, it was a fantastic promo. Really looking forward to seeing seeing what he does next. What do you? I agree. I think Moxley's your guy, um, unless you still want to give him the time off that you promised him. And then maybe I'm looking at someone like Brian Danielson. But um, the tournament itself, the people involved in this, this is some of AEW's heavy hitters. The only people who are not in this, who maybe should be, you can make an argument. But MJF even said himself, "I've got the chip. Why would I do all this extra work when I can just cash in whenever I want?" Are Wardlow and MJF. I think those are two other flagship people, faces of your company who should be in that title picture. Um, you know, Hangman Page was an excellent match against Danielson. Darby Allen's a guy in AEW should be there. Uh, Moxley, Jericho, uh, both synonymous with AEW now. The idea of a tournament, do you like it? I mean, we see a lot of this in wrestling whenever something like that, a vacant title is now thrown out there. It's mm-hmm. the easiest way to fix the problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, is this the right move for AEW? Are these the right people to be in this tournament? I'm sure it will pay off and, and be, you know, we'll look back on it and think it was good. But I, I was a little bit deflated when I saw that they were just doing another tournament. And, um, you know, I was I, I would have liked, I think my preference would have been to just sort of come out all guns blazing and just strap a new champ up. Like it's on, on in the, in the main event of dynamite. Um, but yeah, I think, I think, I think ultimately having, having the big payoff at, at, um, at Arthur Ashe is probably smart. So. Yeah. I mean, and they, they choose different ways to do this, right? Like the trios, they have a match between two, three person tag teams or mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it. And they decide new winners. Thunder Rosa is injured. They've decided to crown an interim women's champion in Tony Storm. They'll have that match, assuming we don't know what's going on with Thunder Rosa right now, uh, that she does return and everything is good. Uh, they did an interim complicated mess with the previous title uh, prior to CM Punk winning it back. AEW doesn't necessarily seem to know what they want to do uh, when these things happen. Do you believe that there should always be one unified way of doing this? Yeah, probably. Yeah, I feel like if a title was vacated, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, there's, you know, there's, it's, it's nice to have some consistency, right? So when a title becomes vacant, there's a go-to method for determining a new champ, right? I think if you have the rate, if you have the ranking system that AEW does, then that should be what you do. But again, you know. They didn't do a tournament like when when Thunder Rosa relinquished. They didn't do a tournament. They just had a fatal four way all out. Um, but now that the AEW Championship has been vacated, they've decided to do a tournament. So I don't know. Yeah, I would get bored if they did tournaments all the time. But also, I think it's good to have some sort of consistency and some go to method where we can say like, well, we know, you know, even if it's like, okay, the title has been vacated, so we're having a match between the top two ranked people in the rankings, you know, something like that. 
Yeah. I mean, aren't the rankings there for a reason? Like, I don't know if death triangle and best friends were both at the top of the trios charts. If there's even a trios charts to be totally honest with you, I don't even look at these rankings. Um, but it seems like they sort of make them up as they go every once in a while. But I want to switch gears just a little bit, talk about MGF because I think he's an important part of this equation. I think his promo on dynamite was really well done. The comments that he dropped when he names the game, he names uh, I don't know if he said Nick Khan's name or not, but uh, he talked about WWE taking the title to an actual wrestling, like typical, perfect MJF, mm-hmm. uh, enough to stir up the controversy, enough to get everybody talking, but didn't really cross the line too much. Um, I have two questions for you. One, do you think that MJF should immediately be given the opportunity to cash in that chip and win the AEW title when this tournament is over? And two, the voicemail, we heard it all out with Tony Khan saying, we need you back. I'm going to make you this one-time offer. I'm going to give you what you want. You got to come back at all out. It's the only time you're going to get this opportunity. Do you think that's all storyline? Or do you think there was actually a conversation and a renegotiation and MJF has gotten what he wants without having to extend any time to his current contract? Um, I think for sure that that, that that phone call was obviously a kayfabe. Um, but I, I'm sure there was some renegotiation. I'm sure they they came to some sort of arrangement at some as you know somewhere down the line and I, I think i think his mjf's hiatus was just not even a formality i think it was just for for, for storyline reasons you know um i reckon they probably figured stuff out within a few days after um you know after the whole the whole drama went down um yeah so yeah i don't yeah i'm definitely i don't think that yeah but for sure that phone call was i you know it's probably just turned it's a you know it's a work to shoot now definitely started out real and now it's just sort of become uh you know become part of the storyline so you don't you don't think there's any panic on tony khan's part at all to go oh my god we're losing potentially punk we've got issues with kenny omega and the young bucks we've got a lot of faces who've been Mm -hmm. injured and whatever that he hasn't gone okay man shit i guess i I gotta give mgf a little bit of money i get most of this is being storyline reasons but do you think that there there was kind of a tony khan moment there was like i gotta get mgf back here no, I think that was, I think he had locked all that stuff in like way before this whole Kenny Omega CM Punk stuff started going down. Cause you don't want to lose MJF either way, do you? He's, you certainly don't want him to jump ship. I mean, I think it's inevitable that he will end up in WWE at some point, um, but he's only 26. So yeah, I think for sure he's got a few, couple more years left in AEW and regarding him going in, cashing in the chip or whatever, I would like it to be more, I, I wouldn't want someone to win and then him just cash in on the person that just won and is tired, like in a money in the bank style cash in. Um, because I don't want to have, we just had another like three day long title reign. Um, I don't want to, I don't want that again. I think it's going to look bad. It makes the title look bad, right? If it's sort of hot potatoing like that. So, you know, maybe we get to the final maybe we, the final is like determined and then MJF cashes in the chip prior to the match taking place. And it becomes a triple threat or something out of right? Something like that. Okay. I hear you. So, but here's my question when it comes to MJF, what is he, is he a baby face or is he a heel? Because when he delivers these promos, he acts like a heel, but he mm-hmm. gets reactions like a baby mm-hmm. face. Mm-hmm. And I'm totally in agreement with you. If he's a baby face, if you want him to come in, and present the chip in a way that like a baby face would do. I'm going to legitimately challenge you. I plan on winning this from you. uh, And the fans are going to go crazy for me. If you're a heel and you're MJF and you want 
to just spit in the face of everything that that AEW title means. You just want to hold it. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you just go to the lowest common way of winning it and steal mm-hmm. it from somebody? Like yeah, that's kind of the MJF thing, isn't it? Yeah, and I guess you could do that still without the match. Well, I, I guess what I meant is I, didn't, I wouldn't want the match to end and a new champ be crowned and then MJF come in. Whereas I guess he could wait for them. Let's say it's Moxley and Danielson, right? He could let them beat the crap out of each other for 20 minutes and hit finishes on each other and then cash in before the match is over and, and pin one of them and then win the title, you know? Something like oh, that. okay. So interject himself into the current match, not wait till it's over and then take advantage of a, a prone and bloody beat up. Yeah, you know, that's my player. thing. That's just my me fantasy booking because I don't want to see another like very very brief title AEW championship reign. I could I could see that. I, I guess what I would be arguing is just make it look if MJF is supposed to be a heel, make it look like he seized an opportunity. Yeah, and cut a corner to mm-hmm. get there, right? Because mm-hmm. that's that's what you want is a bad guy heel who is now your champion who kind of got it, but didn't necessarily deserve it. And that's sort of the heel. What makes a heel so hateable is that they cut corners and they, they don't necessarily, or they cheat or whatever. MJS not certainly not above doing that. Um, you know, that's, that's kind of where I would go with that for sure. Mm-hmm. But it is a interesting situation. I think there's going to be a lot of work to figure out here and sorting things out backstage and getting people on the right page. If you're Tony Khan and you've got this, I know they've got a very good roster, whether or not CM Punk comes back, who are your guys? Like, who are you looking at going, okay, here's the guys that I am going to put all my effort and time and investment into. And, you know, considering what happened with this melee, we don't know exactly what's all true and what's inaccurate and what's proper reporting or not, but who are your guys? Like if you had to pick a, say a Mount Rushmore and usually Mount Rushmore's are when people are done, but you know, the guys that you're the pillars, the four pillars of AEW, mm. who would you make uh, the guys you now go, okay, this is on your back boys. And we worth mentioning as well, right? Christian is reportedly injured. Um, Adam Cole is injured. Kyle O'Reilly, I think is also injured. Um, so there's, there's, there's a bunch of people off the roster right now uh, on the sidelines, but you know, you've still got Jericho who somehow is, seems to be absolutely impervious to being to injury, despite being in his fifties. Um, yeah, I guess it's Moxley, Danielson, um, Claudio, who, you know, currently is the ring of honor champion, but I still think he, he has a role to fulfill on that AEW roster and can, you know, certainly wouldn't be unconvincing if he were to enter the title picture. Um, You've still got Jungle Boy. I don't know how they're going to resolve the Jungle Boy Christian Cage situation with with Christian being injured now. I guess it's going to be Jungle Boy and, and Luchasaurus. Um, yeah, I mean, and then also Ricky. I mean, I would have said Ricky Starks before All Out, but they had him sort of job to to, to Hobbs, which I wasn't a fan of. I think Starks should have should have gone over there. Um, I mean, look, the roster, the roster is stacked, right? And there's still, you know, there's still even, even Wardlow, like you mentioned Wardlow earlier, you know, there, there are people that I think are capable of carrying the company in the absence of people like Kenny Omega, CM Punk and Adam Cole, etc. you know? Yeah, no, I think they've got, I think he just needs to identify the people that he can trust the ones right. that he can go. All right. I need you guys to lead us forward here. We've had a hiccup. There's been some problems. We need to sort them out. We need, you know, flag carriers and, and, you know, the bears of this company to go, here's what we're doing. Like, here's where we're going. Here's our direction. And everybody will follow you. 
And I think they need that in AEW badly uh, mm-hmm. because I think if they don't figure it out, if they can't, you know, get everything under control, it's never going to be perfect. There's a lot of big personalities in wrestling, but if you can sort of figure out how to get things managed and everyone on the same page and moving in the right direction, mm. the potential ceiling, the unlimited potential for AEW is huge. Like it's just, mm-hmm. there's just so many good things. And I think Claudia is a good suggestion there. I think mm-hmm. he's, a, he's a guy that if you want to put anybody in that position to sort of be your underdog, you know, eventual champion that people are like, Oh my God, that's the dude we want to support. Mm-hmm. Um, he might be that guy. So, and then, um, yeah, you've also got, I, I, I know this people might take a lot of convincing here, but I think he actually looks, he's, I think he's looked really good lately. It's W Morrissey who, you know, I, I, I'm not sure if he's actually, you know, formally big cast at WWE. I don't know if he's actually signed with them yet, but um, he, he's a bit, he's a big dude. So if they, if they need like a big bad guy champ or so, uh, maybe, you know, maybe not necessarily like to carry the company, but certainly to sort to be there as, as, heel fodder for an eventual babyface champion you've got you've got someone like that as well and then also if if uh swerve and our glory ends up losing the tag titles at arthur ash those two can go their separate ways and there's two single stars ready-made single stars right there keith lee and swerve so like you said yeah there's there's people there that you just, just got to figure out who who he can trust and i think i think it's important that tony khan and AEW recognize some people who do not have the WWE sticker attached to them, right? Darby Allen, MJF, uh, Hangman Page. These are guys that, while they may have either been looked at by WWE or for a very small amount of time Mm -hmm. behind the scenes in a small, tiny role, they're not WWE people, right? Mm -hmm. You need that in your own company to say, hey, we don't just rely on people who, you know, cut their teeth in WWE. We have created our own stars, Wardlow, um jungle Sam, boy you sammy guevara sammy guevara uh, we right? you uh daniel garcia yeah. yeah you need those people those mm-hmm. are super important pieces over this next year so that your aw fan base can stay as loyal as they believe they are just to aw right Absolutely, and so yeah, yeah they can support these other big name guys that are helping usher you forward but you've also got this crop of aw people that are aw people that you're moving forward. I think that's super important for the company too. And like I said, going all the way back, uh, that's why I don't look at CM Punk. I don't bring him back. I don't think he's in it. I don't think his frame of mind, despite what he said when he first showed up, I don't think it's in the right place. I don't, I don't believe he's out there for others. I think he's out, out there strictly for himself. And, and well, the sad thing about all of this as well is that punk, the punk's championship reign has amounted to absolutely nothing both of his championship reigns but the but they for, for it to happen for that nothing to happen he had to end hangman page's championship reign which seemed like it was you know i, I would i would say it was largely uneventful but it seemed like it was on the cusp of maybe I, I mean i liked him as champ um they definitely dropped the ball on him during the punk feud and especially after the punk feud yeah yeah, there's definitely a clear image or a clear perception that people have had to sacrifice to make CM Punk happy mm-hmm. uh, or to get Tony Khan to have CM Punk in a position that people think CM Punk should be in. Mm-hmm. And you're, ex- you're doing this at the expense of other people. And those other people that you're doing this at the expense of uh, are people that you really want to keep happy in AEW. And that hasn't happened. And so that's, mm-hmm. I think, a big concern that they they really need to look at before they decide what to do with him. You know, mm-hmm. if they're like, like we said, if it's money that you have to pay, pay out, then fine. You figure out a way to make everybody happy. But 
At this point, if Sam Punk does come back, I'm putting him in a much smaller role. And if he doesn't and you can get out of that deal, I'm trying to get out of that deal. If I'm mm-hmm. AEW, I wouldn't be bringing him back at all if I had the choice. It'll be interesting. I think I'm probably in the minority with that because I know that he's a big draw for a lot of people. But uh, I've never been a big CM Punk guy. And this just sort of uh, showed me that there's a reason. I've never mm-hmm. really kind of gotten to buy uh, and supported him. I also, having said that, didn't watch him as much in Ring of Honor as a lot of people. So I didn't get the history of him coming up through the business uh, to sort of support that uh, rise. So I can understand why people like him. Mm-hmm. Anyway, lots to digest there, lots to go through. We did our best to sort of cover what was happening, what we think is going to happen here. Uh, when we do the next show, we'll have some more uh, WWE talk for sure. Mm-hmm. There's a lot going on over there, some changes in management, some promotions, things that are happening there, which I'm sure will play out on television. So uh, Norman, thanks a lot. Uh, probably be another at least week before we do another show, assuming something major doesn't happen in the world of wrestling, which if it does, we'll be back on top to talk about it. But uh, thanks everybody else for listening to another edition of the Sports Show brought to you by the Sports.com. Uh, for Norman and myself, Jim Parsons, uh, thanks for the time. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 